0: From the University of Texas at Austin, KUT Radio, this is In Black America. When you spend a lot of time in your office and your surroundings, it's become important to me to have key pictures in there to remind me of what we've done, where we are, and what we need to do. So in my office, I have a picture of Prince. Quite naturally, being from Minnesota, people think I have it there because I like music. I have it there as a reminder that you can never lose your way. I also have a picture of Bud Grant, a great head coach, who is a professional who who has done his job with style, grace, and class and has an elegant way. I have a picture of the Purple People Eaters, who really epitomize what football is about. I have a picture of Kirk Flood, who really started free agency in baseball. I have a picture of Willie O'Ree, who's the first black NHL player. I have a picture of the five black athletes of Texas Western who beat Kentucky in 1966 to win the basketball championship, first time five young black men started uh, in a college basketball game in the national championship. But then there's two other pictures I have, along with pictures of Dick Vermeil, of me in the locker room here in Atlanta 19 years ago with Orlando Pace holding a Super Bowl trophy, of Mike Sly, of my family, Greta and my two kids, Perry and Powers me right by my phone of me laying in a hospital bed as an 11-year-old kid after a horrific car accident. The two of my most favorite pictures are one that faces my desk of Jackie Robinson.
1: Kevin Warren, Chief Operating Officer with the Minnesota Vikings. On February 2, 2006, one of the most significant yet unpublicized events during Super Bowl 40 Week was the first annual Fritz-Hollard Alliance Salute to Action Awards. NFL head coaches Tony Dungy with the Indianapolis Colts, Lovie Smith with the Chicago Bears, and Marvin Lewis with the Cincinnati Bengals were honored with the Johnny L. Cochran Jr. Sluke's Excellence Award at a star-studded event at the State Theater in downtown Detroit. It was appropriate to name the award after the late Johnny L. Cochran Jr. since he and Cyrus Mary issued a groundbreaking report, Black coaches in the National Football League, superior performance, inferior opportunities, which has been the foundational hiring changes since 2002 in the NFL. This report led to the implementation of the Rooney Rule, which requires NFL teams to interview an outside minority candidate for head coaching and senior football operations opportunities. I'm Johnny L. Hansen Jr., and welcome to another edition of In Black America. On this week's program, the 14th annual Johnny L. Cochran Jr. salutes the excellent award, Part Two, at Super Bowl 53. In Black America,
2: uh, it is a real pleasure to uh, to be here and to accept this award. Uh, I've known about the prince Pollard Alliance for a very long time, uh, and uh, and I'm thrilled uh, to be honored by them. I worked with John Wooten in about 1985 uh, with Pete rosell He called a meeting of uh, some African American coaches and and folks who were executives already in the league, and said, um, we we need to improve the diversity of our league. We need more African Americans, really, what he said. And how can we do that? And one of the ways that um, John and myself and others talked to the commissioner about was uh, internship programs. And uh, out of that was born uh, some coaching internships, some athletic trainer internship programs. But I feel very fortunate to have worked
1: with Mr. Wooden uh, on that project. Ronnie Barnes, Senior Vice President Medical Services and Head Athletic Trainer with the New York Giants. In January of 2002, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fired Tony Dungy, their all-time most successful coach, leaving the 32-team National Football League with one minority head coach. The firing was emblematic of what minority coaches in the NFL had long felt, Although minorities made up roughly 70% of the league's players, minority coaches were generally the last hired and first fired. Civil rights attorneys Cyrus Mary and the late Johnny L. Cochran Jr. were enraged with Dungy firing, and they believed it was the result of systematic racial discrimination in the NFL. They commissioned a study to compare the one-loss records of NFL head coaches by race over the previous 15 seasons. The results were stunning. African-American coaches won more games than their white counterparts, but were less likely to obtain or retain head coaching positions. Cyrus, Mary, and Cochrane used the study as the basis of a report they entitled "Black Coaches in the National Football League's Superior Performance, Inferior Opportunities," and sent it to the league headquarters. After several months of deliberation, the NFL implemented one of the principal proposals: that every team looking to hire a head coach or front office position was now required to interview at least one minority candidate before making the decision. At this year's Salute to Excellence Awards, the Lifetime Achievement Award went to Warwick Dunn, founder of the Warwick Dunn Charities and former running back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Atlanta Falcons, and Ronnie Barnes, Senior Vice President, Medical Services and Head Athletic Trainer for the New York Giants.
2: It is a real pleasure to, uh, to be here and to accept this award. Uh, I've known about the Prince Pollard Alliance for a very long time uh, and uh, and I'm thrilled uh, to be honored by them. I worked with John Wooten in about 1985 with Pete Rozelle. The, he called a meeting of uh, some African American coaches and, and folks who were executives already in the league and said, um, uh, we we need to improve the diversity of our league. We need more African-Americans, really, what he said. And how can we do that? And one of the ways that um, John and myself and others talked to the commissioner about was uh, internship programs. And uh, out of that was born uh, some coaching internships, some athletic trainer internship programs. But I feel very fortunate that to have worked uh, with Mr. Wooten uh, on that project. And Harry, Harry is superb. I'm really thrilled to be honored by this organization because he has uh, devoted his his uh, life, life uh, after football uh, to a lot of causes, but this one is near and dear to his heart. So for someone that I've worked with for 40 years, uh, that's, uh, that's a real honor. And lastly, I'd like to thank someone. I'd like to thank uh, Wellington Merrow because uh, he's our, our late owner, Wellington Mara, uh, appointed me as the head athletic trainer in 1980, and it was almost 23 years before there was another person who was tapped uh, of color to lead uh, the medical department in our league. So uh, for him uh, to have the vision to do
3: that, uh, I, I, I'm really thrilled and touched uh, by him and by his family. Thank you. My name is uh, Craig Richardson, I'm head of marketing for the Alliance, <clears throat> it is my privilege to be able to tell a story about our lifetime achievement award winner, Warwick Dunn. Uh, in my prior life, um, I used to help run a, one of the largest sports management companies in the country. During the, tour, the course of my time at the, uh, at the agency, I had a chance to meet hundreds of uh, both active and retired players, and in that course of... Uh, that. Part of my life, you get to meet what I call three different types of, of athletes. There's the group of what I call kids that you meet when they're young. There's the group what I call a group of really good guys, and then there's a the, the much sm- much smaller group but a group that you call great men. And in that process, and obviously you're looking at two of them up here between John and Harry. Yeah, I got a chance to meet Warwick, and Warwick was a client, and I got to meet him the first time was when I had a cover a Bucks game, uh, and it was during his rookie year. And after the game, the Bucs had gotten smeared by the uh, Lions. Probably, I think, had maybe the worst game. I think the worst game of the season. I think he had uh, 10 attempts and 9 yards total. And we went back to his house, and we were sitting down, and uh, having had a chance to meet other kids his age, he was only 22, typically that's the time when the kids are talking about either their endorsement deals or how upset they are about the game or what they did wrong or this and that, really focusing on themselves. And for the first time having met him and I'm just sit there with him one at one, the first thing he started to talk about was his mother, who uh, his mother Betty, who was, he was 18 years old, and his mother was a police officer. And she was killed during a robbery, and so we got into talking about his life, and then right into talking about the fact that he wanted to build a foundation. And I thought to myself, I can't believe I'm listening to a 22-year-old kid talk about, especially after a game, talk about wanting to build a foundation. So we must have sat there. It had to have been five, six hours where he just laid out his vision, his life, how he wanted to do this. He wanted to start establishing a foundation that basically helps single mothers like his own that could basically raise enough money to, to give them affordable housing. And it was at that time, and I'd only been in the business for about six months, but it was at that time I realized I'm not, I'm not sitting with a kid. I'm actually sitting with a great man, and even though I was only 22 years old, I was in such shock to listen to this, it basically put me on my, on my heels. Instead of actually trying to console him or talk to him about something that was important rather than the game or his endorsements or money, I was actually just learning from somebody who was half my age, filling me in on what I need to understand more about my own life. And because of that, I look at work in the same way with the same level of respect that I look at somebody like Harry and John, guys that have done greater things off the field than they did on the field, and that really are what I would call in that very small category of just truly great men. And for, for me to be able to stand up here and actually Receive this award on his behalf as a true honor. I'm sorry he can't be here. He did record a video But if we had more people like Warwick at this stage of their career I don't know where we would be as a, as a whole group But I've never been as impressed with a young man as I was with Warwick and I think the video will speak for itself
2: I just want to say thank you to the first Paul Alliance Foundation for this lifetime achievement award. I'm so honored uh, to receive this award. I'm sorry I couldn't be there with you guys tonight But I am truly passionate about helping individuals, helping people, and this all started because of my mom's dream of homeownership. 21 years ago, I started a program, Monster Holidays, where I wanted to really uh, live out my mother's dream through other single-parent families. This has given me the ability to impact people in a way that is life-changing. And to date, we're up to 168 single-parent families that we've touched, and I'm so delighted to uh, be recognized, and I'm thankful for this award. So thank you.
1: Warwick Dunn, founder of the Warwick Dunn Charities and former running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. The 2019 edition of the Johnny L. Cochran Jr. Salutes Exit Award presented by the Fritz Pollard Alliance Foundation had a very special meeting this year. The ceremony also honored the foundation's longtime co-founder and chairman, John Wooten. Wooten drafted in 1959 by the Cleveland Browns. He played for the Browns from 1959 to 1967. He was named All-Pro twice and helped the Browns win the NFC Championship in 1964. But Wooten's most enduring achievement came off the field. He, along with Hall of Famer Jim Brown, established the Black Economic Union. He organized leading African-American athletes to support the late Muhammad Ali's stance against the Vietnam War, a very controversial move at the time, and he joined Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. and President Lyndon B. Johnson for the signing of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And in 2002, civil rights lawyer Cyrus Murray and the late Johnny L. Cochran and two former NFL players, Kellen Winslow and Wooten, championed for change in the hiring practice for NFL head coaches and senior management positions in the league that eventually led to the Rooney Rule.
3: John Wooten. I've known you for 40 years. I've called you hundreds of times. You taught me so much about football and people and race. You have fought so hard for minority coaches. You have been so strong, yet so fair. Even those who disagreed with you always respected you. I love you, man, and I thank you, John.
0: From the beginning, when I first came into the league in 2001, I uh, first heard about the Fritz Pollard Alliance, and your name has always been associated with fairness, with looking out for opportunities for folks like myself uh, to get involved in the league. Thank you, sincerely, uh, for your tremendous efforts, your talents, work, and your contributions to the game of football, specifically the growth and opportunities for minorities
2: within the game. You've been so instrumental to me in my career. In uh, 2003, you helped me get my first internship at the NFL. Uh, a couple years later, you helped me land the general counsel role at Kansas City Chiefs. I think the impact you had on my life is you inspired me to follow a dream. Thank you for everything you've done for me personally and for countless others. Your efforts are, are truly second to none. You have
4: selflessly done so much for so many while tackling the important issue of
1: diversity. The one thing that stands out to me about you is your relentless pursuit for making sure you were consistently getting minorities through the pipeline, as you would call it, uh, whether it was in personnel or coaching, and staying aggressive with the (laughs) opportunities that became available during the hiring cycle in the NFL. Just the amount of people that he's helped along the way is really amazing. I've never seen him turn down an opportunity to help anyone. But for you, uh, there would
0: be no Rooney rule. We all know that you know what my father thought of you and
2: what you were doing with the alliance and how much he enjoyed working with you
3: john you've been the lighthouse the beacon for so many who aspire to have equal opportunities so many minorities needing your voice uh, and your encouragement, and in your advocacy to make sure they get uh, opportunities to present themselves and <clears throat> you have been uh, an articulate yet forceful voice for so many i'd also say that you're thoughtful you're strategic
2: but more than anything, you're full of grace. And you are graceful in the truest sense of the word. I've watched you over the years showing your grace towards people who overtly were racist towards you and were racist towards you in the background. The amount of respect for you, I can never really put into words, John. You have been more than a friend uh, to me personally, but you've been a mentor, a father figure in so many ways. My father figure and my mentor. Words cannot express and what you mean to me and my family and the impact that you've had on our lives. just want to thank you for everything that you've done for me and my family. I'm honored to consider you a friend and a mentor. Uh, just always, always a great friend, a mentor to, to all of us as coaches.
0: You've been a true class act and trailblazer to many of us in the NFL and the community.
1: As a player, executive, and fan of the game, I've met some outstanding people, but none I respect more than you. I
4: I
2: know your legacy will live on through myself and many others that you touched in the National Football League. My prayer is that um, as you step aside and step away, uh, that those of us that are still working with teams um, would continue to do good work, would continue to move uh, this mission forward uh, because it is so important your phone close to you because I'm sure many of us will be calling you for, for advice. You often say, we drink from wells we did not dig. Those watching this video tonight know, honor and respect that. We're all drinking from the well that you have done.
1: You touched the lives and the hearts of many in an extraordinary way. Uh, tonight, we'll, uh, stand tall, be proud, take a bow, not because you're leaving the game, but because you deserve it. You're a bad dude, woo.
2: So the setting, we're in Colorado, which is about two hours south. We're Colorado Springs, two hours south of where you play your college football in Boulder.
4: Gentlemen, when I first heard that name, he was playing offensive of guard for the Cleveland Browns, blocking for the great Jim Brown. John made so uh, several Bowls and all pros during that time. Hey,
0: John, I know you started in Cleveland, as did I as a player and coach. I know you blocked for the great Jim Brown, Bobby Mitchell, and Leroy Kelly, all Hall of Famers, and you always led the way. Ooh, I'm honored to have shared the NFL experience with you. Although I don't
1: go all the way back to the leather helmets. (laughs) (laughs) One of the standards that we often use when considering the worthiness of candidates for the Pro Football Hall of Fame is this. Can you write the game's history without them? I think you all know the answer when it comes to John Wooten. His fingerprints have left an indelible mark on the NFL on so many levels.
0: First of all, I want to thank you for your assistance that you gave to me when I was in transition from being a player to becoming a road scout. I want to thank you for joining the Ravens family and helping us win the 2000 Super Bowl.
2: Referred to the office down the hall as the barbershop, where he would always have some words of wisdom for as he called me, starving Martin. I mean it's amazing <laughs> when you think about the great career that you've had, both as a player in our league and now as an ambassador to our sport in the National Football League. John, we
3: thank you and congratulate you for a lifetime of being team oriented, able to speak truth to power and helping to create an awareness that talent exists in more than the traditional places.
2: John, can't thank you enough for your contributions, not just to the game of football, but to the greater community. The example you have set for all athletes and to the black community at large cannot be matched.
1: Friends and colleagues of John Wooden, without sounding pompous, the National Football League would be a totally different league without John Wooden. His tenacious commitment to equality and fairness has kept African-Americans in the pipeline for head coaching and senior management opportunities for the past 17 years. Without fear or favor, Wooten has stood the test of time. He has challenged the status quo. Without Wooten, I believe, we would not have seen two African-American coaches vie for the Vince Lombardi Trophy in 2007.
0: Would you please stand to your feet? and welcome The welcome gentleman who has committed his life serving others, social injustice, as a champion with the Cleveland Browns, a front office executive with the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Baltimore Ravens, also holding a position as an executive with the National Football League, the godfather, John Ruby.
4: First of all, let me say this: I was really enjoying this until you made it personal. First of all, let me say thank you for the attendance here this evening. But before we go any further, let me just stand and give this young lady. Thank you. Yeah. did a lot of things I wouldn't want her to do, but we got to give her credit for the whole thing. As I look around the room, and of course this evening, and talking about where we're going and how we're gonna get there, several of you talked, touched on tonight about the pipeline that we have to build. One of the reasons why we take such great pleasure in the young men and women being here tonight, because we want them to see that you don't have to be a football player to work in the National Football League. That's important to us. And that's why we do the honors program, so that they can see that there are accounts and VR people and doctors and lawyers. And that's important, so that they can see this. They want to be in the NFL, they don't have to be a football We're very fortunate, and I've said this to Cyrus many times, that when he and Johnny had the study done there at the University of Pennsylvania, it showed that minorities were not getting the chance to be head coaches and front office executives. And Johnny being Johnny said very clearly and openly, if you don't want to negotiate, then you must litigate. Fortunate for us, Commissioner Tagliabue moved immediately and put together the National Football League Executive Correction, National Football League Diversity and Inclusion Committee, in which that is what is in its existence today. And it of course went with that the Rooney rule that said very clearly if there's an opening at the head coach, the general manager, or the executive football of operation, then you must interview a minority. And with that must interview a minority goes to preparation. We got to have. And David Shaw knows each and every year I call him and say, <laughs> Are you coming this way? No, he's turned me down. That's why he told me it was his dad. I told him I was going to tell his dad on him, you know, that he keeps turning us down. But the point is, we know that there has to be a pipeline of building this pipeline so that there'll be a continuation. What good for, is there for an opening if we don't have anybody to fill the void? And that's what we have to do said to the commissioner there quietly again today that we have never came to him with a problem that cyrus hadn't already figured out what the solution should be and that's why we take it upon ourselves to move in that direction we are going to say to them next month when we go to the combine here is how you build the pipeline that you ask each and every team to bring on to its Three people, one in scouting, It can be a former player, it can be a man or woman in scouting, scouting assistant. On the football field, we're not quite ready, I don't think, put the women in this position because they have to be able to take over and do things that time and so forth and effort. And maybe that they will come, but right now we gotta move forward. What we know is in the quality control area, in the- coaching assistance area. That is where we have to put young men that are ready to go. And that should lead to the pipeline. This is not rocket science that we're dealing with. If you truly can do it, you'll take the time to study and teach it. Fortunate, Katie is a true trooper. She is a true trooper, just like a grandfather. Her grandfather told us many years ago, on oh, this team, every year, the opening speech was simple. On this team, I don't have any black Browns, and I don't have any white Browns. Everybody here is a Cleveland Brown. If you have trouble with that, let us know, and we'll have you on your way. You didn't say we're going to sit and talk about it. If you have trouble with that, we're going to have you on your way. And that's what we have to come to that conclusion today. There are no black and brown races and so forth. We all are the human race, and all want that total ability to go and do what your heart desires for you to do, and that is why I will always be grateful to Tex Ram, Gil Brand, and Coach Landry, because they gave me that opportunity in 1975 to do just that, and therefore, that's why I will work tirelessly, even though I'm retired, Cyrus, I will work tirelessly to make that happen, because someone gave me a chance. That is what we must always do help each other, reach back, push up. As I told and I said this very openly, the worst thing you can do to a man is when he calls you knowing he's looking for a job, you won't return his call. Mm. That is as cold and cruel as anything can ever be. Take the call. Tell him whether you have something or not. Don't just deny his call. This is where we are. As the season rocks over this weekend, we're very fortunate and I truly believe that a young man by the name of Brian Flores will be the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Can't announce it yet, but that's what we believe.
0: <laughs>
4: so all, let me talk to the media. <laughs> Do not say that John announced. He said That's what he believed. And that is very true. And that is the thing that is so important. Brian Flores. I'm not gonna announce your pick Kitty, because otherwise they won't let you out the door. <laughs> but the point we want to make is that we truly believe that's what's going to happen. We think that this Super Bowl is made up of such great strengths. Each team, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't know how to go on it. But we're very pleased that we just think it's going to be a tremendous game. This football is a great game. People say, why do you love football so? If there was no football, I wouldn't be standing in front of you tonight. It has given me an education. In 1939, Lou Gehrig, the great iron horse of the Yankees, said he was the luckiest man in the world. I stand here tonight to tell you that I'm the most blessed man in this world.
1: John Wooden, co-founder and chairman of the Fritz Pollard Alliance Foundation. Wooden is also a member of the Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame, the Colorado Hall of Fame, the College Football Hall of Fame, and the Cleveland Browns Legends Club. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions as to future In Black America programs, email us at inblackamerica at KUT.org. Also, let us know what radio station you heard is over. Remember to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station or of the University of Texas at Austin. You can hear previous programs online at KUT.org. Until we have the opportunity again for technical producer, David Alvarez, I'm Johnny L. Jr. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us again next week.
0: CD copies of this program are available and may be purchased by writing In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. That's In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. This has been a production of KUT Radio.